Hi, welcome to Woods Weird Wellness, um, this wellness podcast for feedists and gainers, feedies and feeders alike, who all want to listen to me ramble about what I think is good for wellness things. <laughs> As you can tell, I've had a long day. I've been hanging out with Sweetheart Lou. Hi. We've been filming a whole bunch of fun stuff. Um, and I just wanted to sit down and talk with her about just fetism and how how you've navigated the kink, you know, basically for as long as you had it. I'm not going to say your whole life, but a lot of people kind of have this like their whole life. So, yeah. Kind of. But yeah, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your name is Lou, Lou and you do clips and stuff. Yeah, my name is Lou. I've been doing clips on and off um, for the past decade, which dates me a little bit but it's fine <laughs> um and I am one of those people that have had the kink my entire life um or at least like since I can remember and uh earlier today in the car we were talking about kind of the way that social norms shape this particular fetish mm -hmm. and um I've just been thinking about that a lot recently uh, about how like the taboo nature of that and like the way children are shamed and the way I was shamed as a young person like really shaped this fetish for me yeah definitely it's like was truly like a rebellious thing that I was doing especially when I was like super into gaining and stuff yeah it was something that like even when people would say comments to me it was just like egg me on even more because <laughs> I wanted to do it like out of spite or something yeah so yeah, I was definitely doing it like kind of out of spite at that point. And I think it's kind of, um, I don't know, maybe something that people might not realize that they're, they're even doing, mm -hmm. but it is really easy when like your, your whole world and your whole environment is completely like so intent. I'm telling you to like not do this thing that you're like, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I only in the past like, year or two have really been thinking about the quote-unquote, like, root mm -hmm. of my fetish and have been really realizing the ways in which, as a very, very young person, um, I feel like it formed as, like, basically a defense <laughs> mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> Deaf. Um, because I was getting so much messaging, especially from my grandparents, about, like, kind of, like, the moral righteousness of mm -hmm. thinness and... I feel like it kind of developed, one, because I felt, like, ashamed at the same time I was becoming, like, sexual, mm -hmm. so they, like, kind of formed together, but also this, like, protection against complete self-hatred <laughs> was, like, yeah, born in there, too. For real, because, like, there's really nothing else you can do, and especially when, like, um, you keep hearing that, it almost becomes, like, traumatic. It's, like, almost, like, emotional abuse at a certain point, and it's very common for, like, the brain to get like maybe not signals mixed up but like have it be a defense mechanism after you go through a trauma even if it's just like kind of a minor trauma yeah to sexualize something because at least yes. that is safer than you ruminating on it and becoming self-destructive or yes. you know self-hating yes and I mean it's also like it has been just like kind of a magical gift right because instead of being like ashamed of being fat although I mean internalized fat phobia still happens yeah I'm like yeah. You know, I have this delightful body where that has, like, a lot of avenues for pleasure, like, 
it's atypical, except for that's actually not atypical. It's like really <laughs> common, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally feel that, and I think it's like something that people just come to like on their in their own time. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people don't even realize that the things that you sexualize or the things that you do have all kind of been created to protect you almost. And then you kind of navigate the world thinking like, Oh, this is just how I am. You know, I don't, I can't explain it. But then like, especially when you do like more introspective work of like why you are the way you are, or maybe where you want to go in this life, you think of like, well, where does this stuff kind of come from? Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of stuff happened to me when I was a kid, mostly because a lot of, uh, the people in my family are bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily, I would say, like a self-hate thing, even though there's like kind of a little bit in there. Sure. It's um, people coming out of like love and they're like, oh, I don't want you to do this or go through what I've been through. <sighs> but then doing mm-hmm. it in a, like a really guilting way or like in a way that like makes you feel bad about being mad at them for coming at you for being fat you know it's just like this weird like kind of somersault into weird thoughts and I think beatism was a way for me to be like just throw all that away and just be like I like what I like yeah you know and also I just believe that like food is something that should be shared and loved too and that's just like just just, that's the root of it you know That was a whole lot. That was a whole lot. <laughs> that was awesome. I feel, I'm just thinking about, um, I, I never have really thought about the ways that, like, my own fat family members kind of responded the same way to me when I was, like, a fat kid. And mm-hmm. I've thought more about the ways that, like, thin family members have, like, treated me. But mm-hmm. that's a really interesting point because I do feel like, especially the fat women in my life were like, let me... S- bear you from this yeah <laughs> and I was like I don't want to be and you're making me feel weird mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel weird and awkward now yeah. um, I don't know I just think because we also were talking about like shame mm-hmm. earlier and I think it's something that if someone who has power over you especially when you're like a child tries to make you feel ashamed that is something that I feel like you can't really deal with at that point right No. Then. Yeah, you're too, it's like your brain, you're too young, you can't, like, defend yourself yeah. or, like, come up even with, like, cohesive thoughts. It's just, it kind of implants, like, a an interesting feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how to deal with this. Maybe it'll come up a little bit later in some random way. Yeah, I guess when I'm 28, <laughs> I'll be talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> then I'll feel a little bit better, but I don't know. But yeah, it's just something that, I don't know. It's just like you don't realize that you don't wrestle with it until you go looking for it almost. Yes. You know? And I think a lot of people are like not willing to look too, or they don't even think that it's like an option. I think that's very true, and I think that's like particularly well. Actually, I, the feederism community is the community I'm most a part of, and I do kind of feel like there's a resistance to get too psychological about mm-hmm. the fetish because I think for some people that's it's a, like a turn off. But for me, really becoming like really going to like the weird psychosexual realm of it mm-hmm. is very. Um, like pleasurable to me so I've been trying to explore that more and more now I feel that I definitely feel that because I think you can 
gain a lot of information by figuring out what makes you tick and yes. why it makes you tick, yes. especially with like partners too. Yes. And I mean, you're not gonna like use like I remember that one time at Fat Camp and you did this <laughs> as like ammo to them, but <laughs> like just knowing that like you know what kind of makes someone tick and like what is the root of like their actual fetishes. Yes, you know, like maybe. For me, I, and this definitely correlates with, like, shame and weird childhood stuff, I am in to humiliation, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm into, like, on the receiving end and also kind of giving humiliation, sure. too. And, of course, I like it when it's obviously consensual, when I'm, like, you know, humiliating, quote-unquote, someone. It's just, like, kind of teasing. It's, like, taking the weird, just, like, rude things that people would say to me back in the day and using them to, like, poke fun at someone because I know that they're going to love it and it's going to turn them on. And it's, like, more so, like, a term of, like, endearment sure. when I, like, call someone, like, tubs or, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, like, that's really a subversive act when you're taking something that our mainstream culture means to be insulting and hurtful mm-hmm. and to make it pleasurable and sexual, like, that is, like, a I think a very radical act. Definitely. And I feel like fetism doesn't get like the clout and I hate the word clout, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it deserves when it comes to being like kind of a radical fetish, you know, because it really is taking something that people think is so taboo and turning it on its head and being like, this is what we find intensely desirable. Yes. Which I am also very into. It's like a little punk, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> yes. it's like fun to think about, like, I am into something that is not the social norm that people like really just don't like. And it's something that is almost so comfortable to yes. me. Yes. Well, I, I wonder if part of that is because people get really hung up on like the visuals mm-hmm. they're like there's images of like fat bodies there's like big boobs big asses big <laughs> bellies like um you know it's like really visually over or stimulating yeah and I think this psychological part just it doesn't come first it's yeah. not like the first it thing falls to the wayside sometimes yes. yeah yes which which is why I kind of like Phoebe because Phoebe does have this faults but (laughs) the fact that people come and especially like turn on Thursdays or something Mm -hmm. you know where people talk about the the actual things that they really really like and especially in text form yes where people can like just go off and be like no this is what turns me on it's I feel like that's so fun it's it's like community building you know like it's like we're actually talking about what in real life like makes us tick instead of just kind of like reblogging like you know, bellies that are really cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's much more intimate and personal. Yeah. Yay. So what even got you into, like, the fetish? Like, did you, were you, did you go looking for it? Like, what is, <laughs> if you did, what did you find? Like, what kind of make made you curious? Well, okay, this is perfect timing because I actually just dug up this memory while <laughs> working on a zine that I started writing, um, about my experience with feederism and specifically eroticizing shame. And my, here's, here's exactly what happened when <laughs> I, after I went to the, I went to the doctor with my mom and for the first time ever, the doctor told me that I was overweight and my mother was in the room and they were both kind of like discussing the best plan of action to like shrink me in mm-hmm. front of me. And I was, I was young. I was probably like, 11 years old and I was mortified and also really angry and 
you know, just like feeling like I had no agency in this discussion mm-hmm. and I like absolutely could not be like I don't want to do that like I don't want to like change my body so we went home and the first thing I ran straight up to the computer room went on AOL chats <laughs> and found a chat room that I can't it was like all caps and it was like chubby <laughs> or it was cute and chubby and I went in there and I was like just you know lurking and seeing this whole realm of people that thought that not only was fat Mm -hmm. beautiful and desirable but that like they wanted their partners or themselves to have more and it just Mm -hmm. like totally (laughs) changed my life you know I'm like still that is still resonating with me Mm -hmm. yeah no that is like such a thing because I had multiple doctor experiences like that and it really is something that is so like physically just infuriating that I could I had no place for it to go as a child Mm because I I really like you said you didn't have the agency to be like actually no this is my body I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. you know because you can't just be like the fat kid who's like too lazy to lose weight and it was even weirder because I was an athlete and I was working out and eating like fine but I was still fat and then the doctor would be like no 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 you need to work out even more and I'll be like bitch I fucking go to <laughs> soccer practice yeah. like what are you yeah. trying to t- you obviously don't know me so it was this one thing that I you know like couldn't help but like want to just like rebel against and I don't know I wasn't like necessarily like fetus fetus I was kind of like a late bloomer I didn't realize it was a thing until like high school I mm-hmm. think like later high school but I always had a preference for chubby people mm-hmm. you know and so I think that kind of developed from that because people were like no you can't you can't you can't so I also felt like I couldn't you know mm-hmm. because I didn't really have a choice like people were like no you can't and also being like in sports it was like no you definitely can't right. so it's like well I'm gonna find a partner that can for me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, And I still kind of get that way sometimes because now that I have, like, a bunch of, like, dietary restrictions Mm -hmm. that I can't eat, it's like, no, you eat it for me. I can, (laughs) but I want to enjoy it, like, through you, and then you're going to get cute and chubby, too. So it's, like, win-win. That's adorable. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I feel like, man, AOL chats. That's where it, like, happens. And I feel like people talk about, like, how they just go and they search on the internet. And, like, the first thing they find is just where they go. Yeah. You know, it was always, like, a chat room or just, like, some place where people were just talking and just being fat and kinky. You know? like Oh, my gosh. When uh, Yahoo still had groups, that was another place I went. (laughs) I don't know. Fantasy Feeder. Mm -hmm. Now Phoebe U. I was, like I said, I was such a late bloomer. Like, when I started getting into it, I just went straight to, like, the fan fiction because there was already, like, a little fan fiction community, which was nice because I had already done fan fiction for, like, years Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I had, like, come across that this fetish first existed. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any fix out there. What fandom? Um... (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's a mis- I can't remember the first fandom. It might have been Harry Potter, actually. Probably Harry Potter fandom, but the ones that I found the most fic for was Teen Wolf. I don't know what Teen Wolf is. It was, because it happened, like, at the tail end of when I was in high school, and it was, like, okay. Teeny Bopper, MTV, Teen Wolf show like adaptation okay, with okay. like lacrosse boys and werewolves and I love werewolves so I was just hooked <laughs> but apparently I don't know what it is about that show but everybody was like 
super into making all the characters fat. I think wow. all the because everybody was really pretty. Was it like hyper masculine? No, no, it wasn't. It was like specifically made almost for girls and gay guys because there was like so much gay representation too. Mm. So I just wasn't. I don't even know what it was. I think I don't know. I was talking about this with my friend that a lot of this also kind of have transformation fetishes mm-hmm. so i feel like people who are into werewolves might also have a bit of a chub weight gain thing so maybe that's the correlation but i don't that makes know. sense i don't know yeah i mean who knows <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you were talking about how you have like a zine that you're working on do you want to talk about that a little bit more like yeah. what what made you want to even like do this well okay um i feel like wanting to share what sometimes I feel like is my really fucked up like sexual interior <laughs> life has become like increasingly I think the need to be understood is important to everyone mm-hmm. and for a long time I had no desire for this to enter my public life but because I live in a fat body I think just like really wanting to prove like this sensuality and pleasure mm-hmm. in fat has become increasingly important to me so there was that desire to write about my feederism fetish publicly but there's also just a lack of like sensual personal writing in this Mm -hmm. community that I think other fetishes have so much more representation like within the feederism community the writing is like Fantastical. Fantastical. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. waking fiction where it's like the cheerleader gained like 500 pounds yeah. in <laughs> freshman year of college. And it's like, uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's not very introspective mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to really explore like the psychological depth of this fetish. And writing from the outside is like fat phobic. It's mm-hmm. clinical. Yeah. It's like demonizing or like grotesque. And... I just really want to share with people outside of this community that it can be a really beautiful, tender, complicated thing to share with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree that there's really not much personal writing. Like, not even, like, because so many, especially in, like, BDSM, Mm -hmm. there's, like, BDSM blogs where people talk about their relationships. There's all books about it. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) where it's just, like, you can talk about exactly what you've gone through and what works for you and like why this hat why this is a thing for you and i think with fetism there's like such a need mm-hmm. for that because people are like craving that kind of stuff but nobody really knows like how to like kind of make that first step and talk about it themselves because it is so personal yes um especially when it <clears throat> kind of comes together in like weird like memories or Mm. like things that you don't really know or maybe even like trauma that might have happened to you like it's kind of hard to distinguish because you don't want to like I don't know me personally when I do write about fetism or things I used to write a lot of poetry about Mm -hmm. fetism too and so I would write stuff and like show so whenever I would show my friends, it would always come, like, with a disclaimer, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, like, don't judge me, like, this is what I'm into, but trust me, I'm being safe and sane and consensual and all that. And I think it's very much that kind of, like, disclaimer that gets a lot of people caught up because there's so much idea that it is harmful, that you want to hurt your partner or do this, that so you can't even explain, like, no, this is what turns me on and this is why I think that happened because there is, like 
pathologizing stuff out there too where it's like oh you were probably like you know traumatized as a child if you have weird kinks and stuff like that and it's like I mean maybe that's true but mm-hmm. like if even if that is true to you like you're not going to want to come out and say it because you don't want to seem like a statistic or like feeding into somebody else's argument right. or something for sure I feel first of all it's, I've never told any of my friends so that's very brave <laughs> I, I just don't know how to have like TMI I guess like when I was especially when I was in college I was like way too open about a lot of things like I was just like ah who cares uh, but yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> I haven't told any friends about this fetish, but I have told partners who I have not met through, like, Phoebe or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's funny because every time I do it, I am terrified. (laughs) And I'm like, you're going to think I'm a monster. And I think some of that fear comes from, like, being fat and having a fear that they're going to be like, you did this to yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you're really weird. But in the end, I've always been positively received, and mm-hmm. they've always been willing to... Ind- I think it's it's an interesting thing because it's, like, really scary to admit, and it also makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and, like, yeah. but it comes really naturally to people who are already, like, kind of perverted or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because every, like, kinks are everywhere. Like, everything is a kink. So if someone comes into, like, a situation, like, that they're already kinky, and right. you're just, like... I'm so perverted, I can't, you know, I can't deal, like, you're gonna think I'm so weird, but, like, I just kind of like to be fed sometimes, you know, like, could you actually touch this part of my body that's an erogenous zone, like, (laughs) it's really not a huge thing, you don't have to jump through hoops to, like, you know, humor someone else's kink, and I think a lot of fetus get all up in their head and think that they can only date other fetus, right, but that's not true at all, because usually if you have a partner who understands, or, like, even a hookup who just, like, is kink-friendly, they're going to be cool with it. They're not going to think you're a total weirdo because they probably like peeing on someone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Most people, I think, are happy to oblige, uh, like, giving somebody else pleasure because Mm -hmm. it feels good. It feels good for all parties involved. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like fetism, it can be a pretty easy kink to just, like, oblige someone. It's just, like, you go out, you get some good food, you overindulge a little bit, and then you, like, enjoy each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and say a couple key phrases that whatever the person is into, like, likes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not actually as complicated as it becomes in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it also is complicated in my mind, but... When it comes down to, like, the deed of it, like, I'm pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, tell me I'm fat. Thank yeah. you. There <laughs> we go. That's where, it ha- that's where the magic happens. Uh, but that's, like, it's, it is that weird dichotomy because it is kind of complicated. Because yeah. there's so many avenues it can go. Like, there's so many, like, different preferences that people like. Like, you know, even just, like, degrees of, like, oh, I just like kind of chubby girls gaining a little bit of weight versus, like, I like fat people gaining to immobility, Mm -hmm. almost. It's, like, a very much a spectrum, and honestly, people, like, flip-flop a lot, and I know me personally, like, I used to like a lot of certain aspects of the fetish, and then I kind of toned down a bit, and then I got a little bit more, like, it's just kind of, it cycles for me. It's, like, very amorphous, I guess. You know, it's not always one way that I desire fat people or, like, feeding. It's always kind of changing for me. Right. I think that it's, like, a, maybe most fetishes are actually like this, but 
there's not an inherent, but the potential for power dynamics mm -hmm. as well, and for those to shift over time. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like a lot of people do talk about adding, like, you know, power dynamics or BDSM with fetism, but it's also something that's not talked about as much as I would think it is. Mm. Or it's pretty, or it's very black and white of, you know, like dom feedy or dom feed or sub feedy. Yes. You know, or like, like how it's always like, um, you know, skinny male feeder, uh, chubby female feedy. Yes. Too. Yes. Like, I think there's a definitely like a face for the fetish that's really not how it's actually is. Yeah, I feel like the. There's like a lot of heteronormativity that happens mm -hmm. on the surface of feederism. And it's like kind of painful. <laughs> and like. I think not the actual experience of many people in the community, but the way websites are designed, yeah. clip sites, it's like really kind of pandering to this like straight male feeder gaze. So like mm -hmm. it looks a certain way on like the surface of like websites or whatever, but as soon as you dig deeper, especially in communities like Tumblr, it becomes apparent that there's many, many, many different dynamics and genders at play. It's true. And I found that the fetism community is, like, actually really welcoming to, like, a lot of different sexualities and gender. And I even saw someone on Twitter um, who is trans was saying that they felt like the gainer, fetism, feedy community was, like, kind of the most welcoming towards trans people that they've seen in oh. kink. And I, I don't really have anything to go off of that because I haven't really been into other kink communities mm -hmm. but the fact that I've been kind of almost like open about my gender identity and like my transition and stuff mm -hmm. and I haven't really gotten much as much pushback as I thought there would be right. it really is like it's super chill That's for like awesome. trans people and yeah. gay people I feel because it's like I don't know fat is like the great unifier like yeah. everybody <laughs> has fat like no matter yes. the gender like right. everybody likes to eat you know so I feel like people are a lot more open about like, oh, like that's your gender, cool. You that, know, I feel like that makes sense because like with fetism, it's there's so much less emphasis on genitalia than there yes. is like this plushy, nice stuff on the body <laughs> like that is fat, and so there's so much more wiggle room for like gender expression mm -hmm. because your junk just oftentimes doesn't even matter in yeah. a fantasy or with another person. Yeah, it's true. And even, like, the erasure of your junk is, like, a huge, like, mini kink inside the kink, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I think it's also kind of, like, a nice little place for trans people, because it's, like, that's kind of irrelevant now, you yes. know? And I don't know. I always really liked them even before I knew that I was trans, because it made my body more... Um, androgynous mm -hmm. you know and I think a lot of people kind of like that too because they like just the look of fat and not necessarily like the look of what people assume like certain genders bodies should look like for sure hmm. it's a pretty cool community it, it has its moments but <laughs> absolutely yeah mm. but it usually it usually is pretty cool like if you find like a little group of people that are chill yeah and I think when you get into those smaller groups, like, it's easier to actually talk about why you are the way you are and, like, kind of think about it in, like, that psychological point of view of, like, why it is a thing. Yeah. Like, trying to have group discourse on Phoebe is a clusterfuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, kind of a nightmare. 
yeah, no, nothing gets done at Phoebe. It's it's a shame. We deserve better, but also it's what we got. Yeah. So we just gotta we just gotta use it, I guess. Um, so to go a little bit off topic, even though we've just kind of been like shooting at the wind, just talking about whatever comes to mind. Um, I want to talk more about your zine because it seems oh, so yeah. interesting. I forgot. That. I think that's how we started talking. <laughs> okay, okay, so the zine. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, so I talked about how I was afraid to make it public, and then I kind of launched into a side conversation mm-hmm. from there. But um, yeah, what is it about? Well, okay, so I'm outside of even fetism, but actually also particular to fetism. I'm interested in um, like eroticizing feelings of shame. Mm-hmm. So. I wanted to write this zine in collaboration with other people about how they've eroticized their shame about around fat and how that kind of developed into their fetism fetish or how they incorporate it in. So I've started by writing an introduction that's kind of like, it's like a personal essay about my experience, like growing up being fat, shamed, um, how that influenced my sexuality, how it made it so that when I met with other fetists, like what that experience was like, and also what it's like to like tell people who aren't necessarily in that community. Um, and so far only one other person has started working mm-hmm. on writing for it, but it's a really beautiful piece about like not understanding his fetism fetish because he had not had the opportunity um, to explore it in real life. And so the transition from thinking that he just had like a black and white fat fetish to really realizing that there's this really colorful, nuanced world within feederism and that like fantasy and reality are two different things and that one can come to a fantasy. It doesn't necessarily have to be reality or whatever. So um, that's like a really beautiful piece that someone's working on. But I'm hoping for more kind of like personal stories about feelings of shame specific to this fetish Mm -hmm. which I think is something that I'm not gonna say everybody in this fetish kind of experiences but I think like a whole lot of people Mm -hmm. experience that because not only are you being told to be ashamed of something but I think it's something that it's kind of like you're put upon like you you internalize yes. it so even mm-hmm. after you think like oh I'm over with I, I I know that I love fat I know that I love being fat I have nothing to be afraid of those things will still come up and especially this kind of happened with me when I kind of um transitioned from being a feedy to more of a feeder mm-hmm. that I knew when I was feeding myself like I was fine like I was like oh, I don't give a fuck you know yeah. I'm just gonna get fat <laughs> but now that I'm, like, actively working towards feeding someone else and someone that I love, um, it becomes more complicated because I'm a worrier. So I get worried about their well-being mm-hmm. and that I'm not taking, like, advantage of their own their own kinks, you right. know, and not pushing too hard, even though they're obviously consenting and very happy and excited about the weight that they're gaining. I still have that little bit of shame inside me, like, afraid that I'm going to be like a manipulated feeder or something. Sure. And I guess it's like, you know, the role that people have put upon feedism that I'm afraid that I'm going to like fall into, even though I know like I'm not that type of person. I feel like in, I don't think that worrying is healthy, but I do think that that kind of self-reflection is healthy because 
I've also had experiences with theaters who are not reflecting mm-hmm. and who are doing things unconsensually for whom the humiliation is very real Yeah, and who are like really objectifying. So I feel like having some kind of like self-reflection shows that you love your partner, shows that you care about their well-being, and also like trying to find ways where it's not like hurting your brain or like making mm-hmm. you feel bad about yourself because you're not doing anything wrong. You're like sharing a really beautiful thing with the person you love. And it's healthy to like think about your limits, think about their mm-hmm. limits. Yeah. And that's true. And it's definitely like a little like a uh, like a tightrope to kind of walk across because I know for a fact that I'm a worrier and I let kind of my mind get the best of me yeah. sometimes. But I also really value that I am in a relationship where I can talk and sit down with someone and be like, let's check in. Like, how are you feeling? Are you okay with how much weight you're gaining? Like, do we want to reassess and, like, rest a bit? Because you will come to a point where I think especially a lot of really enthusiastic feeties will be so into, like, how much weight they're gaining, but not even realizing that it's, like, causing them maybe, like, a little bit more problems. Mm -hmm. That, you know, if you sit down in a not-sexy setting and you do, like, a pros and cons list, you're like, oh, actually, it is in my best interest to kind of, like, you know, just take a little break. Yeah. And I like having that dialogue with someone, but I also have that dialogue in my head too much mm-hmm. which I it's not going to help anyone if I keep thinking about it and if I don't say anything about it no yeah you definitely have to externalize <laughs> that and yeah. share that with like the person you love yeah exactly and I think that's a thing that's also a thing for feedies too because I think um just being in like such an intimate and close relationship with someone or even if you're not that close to them but it's still really intimate to have yes. someone be feeding you yes so thinking of is this per- does this person have my best interest at heart yes. or if I am I doing this because I just want to get fat because it's fun or do I have feelings for mm-hmm. this person am I taking advantage of this person's kindness because I'm in my little bubble like oh look at how cute we are we're a couple yeah I'm a fan about talking about everything all the time <laughs> yeah. and that can be really hard and there's also like I don't know there is just so much pleasure I feel like in talking about feelings especially sexual feelings Mm -hmm. and it it really is like a a strong bonding act or whatever to do with another person I agree and I think that's something that needs to maybe happen more because I do get um not a lot of questions but some person in particular asked me like on Phoebe like you need to put more uh content about like you know like your mind and thinking and like you know, how you wrestle with that. And it's like, I see how that's like really necessary, but I think there's a lot of stuff that's in your head, like just needs to be talked about with someone. Even if you don't have like a partner or mm-hmm. someone to do it with, if you know someone who's like in the community who have felt the same thing that you do, I think that's why it's really important to like know that you're not in this like alone. Yeah. And that you can talk about these weird feelings and the shame that you have and just, you know, not try to pathologize yourself about it, but just be like, well, just, I got a lot of my mind and I'm kinky and those <laughs> two things are sometimes related. Okay, and that's way more interesting than a, like, message me winky face uh, status. So post about your feelings instead, people. Yeah, and then people will be like, hey, I go through that too. Yes. Let's talk. <laughs> you know, and then, like, I think 
it's so nice to have that emotional intimacy with another person who's a kinkster, who's a fetus, who gets it. Because then you're not feeling, like, so alone. Like, oh, no one gets me. Like, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, it can be really (laughs) isolating if you're not kind of engaging with other people into the same thing. Or even people who are into different things, but who also might feel, like, ashamed of whatever their kink is. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. (laughs) This has been really fun. Oh, yay. Yeah, I'm so excited to read your zine and stuff. You're going to contribute to it, right? I know. That's right. I'm going to be in it, too. I'm going to write about stuff, and it's going to be very, very, very personal. (laughs) But, yeah, I just, it's something that has definitely, I've been going through recently too is like getting all caught up in my head I even like I had I made a podcast with my partner and we were talking about you know like fantasy versus reality Mm -hmm. and like during we were while we were filming that I was currently going through like my whole like um it's just me being like you know guilty and afraid of like am I doing okay and he had to like be on the podcast be like you're fine like I'm glad that we have this discussion so much but like really what you're worrying about is not a huge deal you know it's something that is just fantasy and I think because we were talking about this in the car too of like differentiating between I'm talking about this as a fantasy because I want to get off Mm -hmm. versus like oh we're definitely going to make this a reality and throw like caution to the wind and Mm -hmm. like be crazy sexy kinky people Like, you can indulge in crazy-ass fantasies to get off because everybody needs to get off, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you should come for your health. (laughs) Like... (laughs) True. (laughs) But, yeah, so... That, that's why when you, like, were talking about your zine, I was super excited because I was like, yeah, I'm, like, literally going through that right now. Like, I just... am super into the whole, like, yeah, let's lose control. Let's, like, play with, like, food addiction. Let's, you know talk about me like enabling you to huge sizes and you're not even realizing it you know just like the weird the like classics. Kind of gr- the classics you know <laughs> but then it gets to a point where it's like <laughs> I really like that but like uh, it's it's interesting yeah it's <laughs> like, interesting for sure <laughs> yeah I don't know it's just hard to explain but like hopefully I will write it out and think of more things of how to verbalize it because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can understand what we're going through, especially who are fetus. And it makes me wonder if people who do listen to this, who are not fetists, hear this and be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but who knows? But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming to Chicago. Oh my God, thank you, boy. Thank you for like coming to the Arctic. <laughs> like, she was Wasn't here. planning on it being this cold. No, it's been like negative 15 degrees. You were like such mm-hmm. a trooper. We made it. Yeah, we made it. So yeah, everybody, um, where can they find you? Online? Oh, um, you can find me everywhere. My username is a combination of Lou and Sweetheart. <laughs> uh, so I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Phoebe. There's just kind of like a varying number of underscores, mm-hmm. but I'm like very easy to, to find. find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will link your Twitter in the show notes. And I know for a fact that on Instagram you're at sweetheart underscore underscore Lou. That's right. L O U because mm-hmm. I added you. Um I mentioned you today on 
Instagram and I had to figure out how many underscores were That's perfect. Um, yeah, and then also, um, is there any specific place that people can look at if they want more updates on the zine? Do you think on your Instagram or your Twitter? Uh, I guess on my on either Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, probably out. more on Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So keep a lookout for that if you guys are interested. And if you're into what I'm about, I guess, <laughs> which is wellness and feedism, you can check out any of my podcasts wherever podcasts live. Um, if you're listening to it on Apple or Apple Podcasts, if you could like rate and review, that would be super cool. Because I think that's the only place you can rate and review. Maybe on like Podcast Addict too. I'm not sure how it works, but if you could figure that out for me, please let me know, and then also do it. <laughs> so, yeah, let me know. Um, I have comments enabled on my Simplecast website if you want to ask me questions or send in uh, questions of advice you want me to say. I would love to do, like, a Q&A episode at one point. I haven't gotten any questions yet, though, so please send them Oh, my them God, in. send them questions. I know. I'm so interested. I want to answer to the best of my abilities. Um, so let me know. You can also email me at whatisweird. And then if you want um, updates on my podcast, you can uh, follow at whatisweird um, on Twitter. I think, did I say my email right? It's weirdwoodscafe if you, at gmail.com if you want to send me questions or just talk about the podcast. Um, at whatisweird is my Twitter, which you can also send me stuff like at me and ask me questions. And then also, um, I'm on Phoebe at Wood, and my Instagram is at Woods Got Weird, which I also post updates to my podcast as well, as well as like nudie pics and fun stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, thanks again, Lou, for coming on the show. Thank you. Yay, and I hope everybody has a fantastic day, and you have a nice life, and happy feeding, and happy gaining, and happy chubbying. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.